0: the first step that is required for you to be able to continue to construct Christian character. Unless we've entrusted our lives to him, unless we've turned our back on our sin, the construction of Christian character will be halted. It just can't happen, friends. In 2 Peter chapter 1, The Apostle tells us that while we are exercising our faith in Jesus Christ, we're to become morally excellent. The King James Version uses the word virtue to become virtuous. And while we are becoming morally excellent, we're to increase in knowledge. As we are increasing in knowledge, we will begin to develop self-control. While we're developing self-control, we will build up perseverance. And as we build up perseverance, we will be growing in godliness. While growing in godliness, we're to add brotherly kindness. And while we're adding brotherly kindness, we will be magnifying Christian love. That's the goal of us as Christians and the goal of the church is to magnify Christian love. That is the process. The process of constructing Christian character. Peter teaches that if those traits are ours and they're increasing in our lives, then guess what? We will build a strong Christian character that proves that we are children of God. Now, like I said, constructing Christian character always begins with salvation, through faith in Jesus Christ, and then to our faith, the Word of God says, that we are to add moral excellence. Moral excellence is the building block of separation. Separation. God has designed you and I as Christians to be separate but not stuck up. Amen? He wants us to be separate from the world, but not stuck up. He wants us to be in the world, but not of the world. That's exactly right. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Nick, turn me down a little bit, brother, would you? 2 Corinthians chapter 6, we're going to begin in verse 14. You know when I'm telling Nick to turn me down, that means I'm getting ready to get with it, amen? Okay, (laughs) (laughs) second corinthians chapter 6 beginning in verse 14 the word of god says do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers people have made that to be a marriage verse it ain't a marriage verse okay let me just get that clear do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers for what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness and what communion has light with darkness and what accord has Christ with Belial, or another name for Satan? What, uh, and, and what part has a believer to do with an unbeliever? What agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you and I will be a father to you and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Let us pray. Father in heaven, your word has clearly instructed us that we are are called to come out from among them and be separate. Father, it's our our prayer, my prayer today. I'm certain that it is your desire, Father, that we learn today how we can come out from among them and be separate. Help us, Father, in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. amen. The very first lesson that we must learn after we come and place our faith in Jesus Christ for salvation is the fact that we are to be separate from the world while remaining effective in the world. Everybody get that? To be separate from the world while remaining effective in the world. Friends, we will either separate ourselves from all forms of evil or evil will separate us from fellowship with God. You need to know that this morning. Friends, let me tell you this. If you're listening, say amen. Amen. Say it louder. Amen. Amen. You can go right ahead and you can watch that filthy movie. You can go right ahead and you can listen to those lyrics of that song that are absolutely nasty. Friends, you can go right on ahead and you can hang out all night long with people that are evil. But don't expect God to hang out with you while you do it. He will not. He will not be with you while you're, not, while you're with that kind of evil and wickedness. Unless you choose to separate yourselves from the evilness of this world, then I got to tell you, you cannot enjoy an intimate relationship with God. They don't go together. It's like opposite ends of the magnet. When you put them together, what happens? They force apart. That's God and evil. He won't be in the same place with them. Isaiah said, but your iniquities have separated you from your God. And your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. He won't even hear your prayers, friends. Sins that we hold on to literally draw a curtain between us and God. And he will not hear us. But the most important truth about separation, the most important truth about moral excellence is that not only are we to be separate from the world, but that we are to be separated to Jesus Christ. Not only are we to be separated from something, we must be separated to someone for his use and for his glory. Today, we're going to look at three highlights about separation. The first of which is the truth about separation. Again, back in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14 says, Do not, say do not. When the Word of God says do not, what does it mean? Do not. Do not, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship has Uh, Righteousness with lawlessness, what communion has light with darkness, what accord has Christ with Belial, what part has a believer with an unbeliever, what agreement has the temple of God with idols, for you are the temple of the living God. The first truth about separation is, as Paul said, bad company corrupts good morals. You hang out with the trash, you're going to get some on you. That's pretty simple, even I can understand that. Do not be unequally yoked. Do not be bound up together. Do not be teaming up with unbelievers because you don't go together. As a believer, there are just simply some people whom you don't associate with regularly. As a believer, friend, there are some places and some positions where you don't belong. God says there in verse 17 that when we're saved, we're to come out from among them and be separate. Be separate. Now, how in the world are we to apply this truth in our daily lives? Well, first I think you need to look at what it don't mean. We need to look at what this verse does not mean. It does not mean that you're not to have friends with unbelievers. It does not mean that. Vance Havner, a great theologian, said this. He said, we're not to be isolated, but insulated. We're to be moving in the midst of evil, but untouched by it. Separation is contact without contamination. I get that. The book of Hebrews said that Jesus, that Jesus was holy, harmless, undefiled, and separate from sinners. But then the gospel of Luke says that Jesus was a friend to tax collectors and sinners. He had contact but was not contaminated. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Excuse me, chapter 5. 1 Corinthians chapter 5. And let's read what Paul said about this very subject of being in contact with folks, but not contaminated by unbelief. In 1 Corinthians chapter 5, beginning in verse 9, the Apostle Paul says, I wrote to you in my epistle not to keep company with sexually immoral people. Yet I certainly did not mean with the sexually immoral people of this world or with the covetous or extortioners or idolaters. Since then you would need to go out of the world. But now I have written to you not to keep company with anyone named a brother who is sexually immoral a covetous, or an idolater, or a reviler, or a drunkard, or an extortioner, not even to eat with such a person. For what have I to do with judging those who are outside? Do you not judge those who are inside? Don't you judge other Christians by their fruit? Amen? Whether they're displaying a Christian attitude, Christian lives you sure do. But Paul says in verse 13, but those who are outside, God judges Therefore, put away from yourselves the evil person. When Paul tells us, when Paul calls us to come out from among them and to be separate, he's not telling us not to have any acquaintances with a lost world. Friends, we got to. We must have acquaintances with a lost world. We'd have to leave this world altogether to avoid any contact with them. In fact, wasn't it the Lord Jesus who told us that we are to be salt and light to unbelievers? That's right. We are to be salt and believers to unbelievers. However, aligning ourselves or binding ourselves up together with unbelievers don't work. Aligning ourselves together with an unbelieving world hinders the construction of Christian character. And it does so in at least three ways. The first of which is being too close to the world poisons our lives. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, Paul tells Christians, now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. You see, when we place our faith in Christ for salvation, yes, we're still living in this world. But now we have the Spirit of God residing in us. Therefore, we're not to take part in the wickedness of this world. We're not to take part in the evil behavior that we see going on in this world around us. It was James that said, whoever wants to be a friend with the world makes himself a what? an enemy of God. you got to take your stand. you got to make your choices. You want to be a friend of the world or you want to be a friend of God? we got to beware because, friends, this world's influence is like venom. And once it gets into your system, it will poison your life. Being too close to the world poisons our lives, but it also paralyzes our testimony. If we participate as Christians, if we participate in wickedness and the evil of this unbelieving world, you can rest assured that sooner or later, your sins will find you out. Sooner or later, they will find you out. And when those sins are exposed, your testimony becomes Immobilized. When those sins are exposed, your testimony becomes disabled. Totally incapacitated. And it'll stay that way. Until you choose to come out from among them and separate yourself from the practices of unbelievers. Being too close to the world will paralyze your testimony. But it will also cause you, move you to be passive towards Jesus Christ. The very spirit of this world will try to accomplish two things against you. It will try to cause you to be passive in spiritual matters. And it will try to cause you to be passive in scriptural matters. If you get too close to the world, that hurting person out there She don't matter to you. you become passive towards the hurts and the challenges of people in our community. And then you'll begin to say things like, I know what the Bible says, but... I know what the scriptures teach, but... There's no buts with the Word of God. You'll become insensitive toward hurting people. And you'll start casting aside the scriptural evidence of who you are. Friend, if you don't separate yourself from the spirit of this world, you will eventually compromise your faith to the lies of worldly opinion. It's coming unless you come out from among them and be separate. Simply put, friends, we are just different. You need to settle on that. And that's okay, that we are just different. Did you hear all those differences that Paul mentioned there in 2 Corinthians? He said, what fellowship, what communion, what accord, what part, what agreement have we with unbelievers? And in each one of those questions, the answer's the same. Absolutely None. Not a whole lot of things we have in common because we are different. Here's the truth. When you move towards loving the Lord Jesus with all your heart, you are going to be faced with this issue of separation. (coughs) Will you separate yourself from the wickedness and evils of the world we live in? You know, that's why some people never get saved. They say, I would give my life to Jesus, but I'm not willing to give up ABC. I give my life to Jesus, but there's no way I can stop XYZ. And so as a result, they never get S-A-V-E-D. Right? Sad, but true. A person has got to be willing. A person has got to be willing to come to Christ on his terms, and that includes separation. You may say, well, Brother Bill, I can't do it. Well, duh. Nobody can. That's why God sent the Holy Spirit to help us, to give us the strength we need to separate ourselves from the wickedness and evil of an unbelieving world. What you got to do though, what your part is, is being willing to proclaim I'm ready to say no to the world and I'm ready to say yes to Jesus Christ. I'm ready and I'm willing. So how in the world do we avoid coming too close to the world? How do we avoid it? Well, the first way is is you got to avoid certain practices. There are certain practices that this world deems appropriate that are not appropriate for the Christian. The Christian must avoid them. Paul said, All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but not all things edify. Let no one seek his own, though. Let no one seek his own, but each one the other's well-being. You see, friend, we are our brother's keeper. We are our brother's keeper. And there are people that are watching you in everything you do. And there are people who are watching you and how you do it. And if you're participating in some of the corrupt practices of an unbelieving world, then you've got to add this building block of separation. This building block of moral excellence. Because you're different. You're different. The building block of separation. You got to add it and you got to start avoiding the ways of an unbelieving world, whether it's legal or whether it's not. Come out and be separate, says the Lord. Come out and be separate, says the Lord. Not only do we avoid certain practices, but we also avoid certain places. Just like there are some practices that we should not participate in, there are some places that you ain't got no business. Some places that you should not go. God helps us to recognize those places. Those places where we should go and those places where you should never go. Had somebody to remind me that that a professional football game is a whole lot like a nightclub. I said, well, I would go to a pro ball game, but I wouldn't go to a nightclub. I said, well, at a, at a, a pro football game, it's entertainment, right? Yeah. There's both of them at, at both places. There's beer at both places. There's uh, drunks at both places. There's even dancing at both places. Amen. Yeah. Score baby score. But the bottom line is this. If the Christian feels like he's got to sneak in in order not to be seen, then he probably ain't got no business there. Amen. If you feel like you got to sneak somewhere not to be seen, you ain't got no business there. And just because it's legal don't mean it's right. Just because it's legal for you to go in there don't mean it's right for the believer. Some places, believers don't belong. Come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. So avoid certain practices, certainly avoid some, certain places, but we also need to avoid certain people. See, we need to avoid being connected, being Tied up, being bound up, yoked up together with some people in business. Avoid being yoked up with some people in our financial dealings. And avoid being tied up or bound up or yoked up together with some people as intimate friends. They don't belong in your life. Some people of this world will lead you to conflict with God's ways. So I just want to tell you this morning, beware. Beware. So, how do we avoid becoming too close to the world? Certainly, avoid certain practices, avoid certain places, avoid certain people. That's the truth about separation. Come out and be separate, says the Lord. That's the truth about separation. Now, let me share with you a great blessing of separation. Back in 2 Corinthians in chapter 6, at the end of verse 16, The word says, as God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. Did you get that? Y'all didn't get it, did you? Let me help you. Paul just said that if we would separate ourselves toward God and away from the world, that God would bless us with a great revival. He didn't say it in those words, but that's what he said. He said that God will dwell with us. He said that God would be among us. He said that he would be our God and that we would be his children. Now, I don't know about what your definition of revival is, but to me, that's revival. That's God in our midst. That's revival. But what does it take? Coming out and being separate. God will work for us. God will work in us. And God will work through us. What a blessing. That's revival, friends. But he'll only do it if. Say if. If. He'll only do it if we come out from among them and be separate. You can't act like an unbeliever and expect an intimate relationship with God. It ain't happening. It ain't happening. More than any other character in all of the Old Testament, Samson teaches us about the blessing of separation. Samson. Now, Samson was a man's man. More so than Clint Eastwood, amen? If Samson was in the UFC, he'd be better than Brock Lesnar. I know a lot of y'all don't know who that is, but we do, don't we? Samson would have a t-shirt with a gigantic Superman S on it, amen? Samson was the strongest man who ever lived. And from birth, Samson was separated to the service of God. And as long as he obeyed God's commands not to drink wine, as long as he obeyed God's command to avoid anything impure, as long as he obeyed God's commands not to cut his hair, that's my kind of man, amen, um, as long as he did those things, then God's strength would rest on him. However, when Samson grew up, he violated all three of those commands. He went to a party where the wine was flowing and he no doubt drank some of it. He scooped up some honey from an impure dead carcass of a lion and ate it. And he also wound up in Delilah's barbershop where he got a crew cut. Bad Samson. Bad Samson. Samson flirted with the world. And he lost the blessing of God. He flirted with the world. And he suffered the consequences. He lost his strength. He lost God's blessing on his life. And his enemies captured him and gouged out his eyes. But the rest of the story is interesting because we learn toward the end of his life that Samson turned away from those worldly things. He came out from among them and was separate. His hair started growing back, praise the Lord. And he began to plead with God for his strength to return. And in that moment that he humbled himself in repentance, bowing down before Almighty God, Samson renewed his separation, not only from the world, but renewed his separation to God. And the power of God came back upon Samson's life, and he collapsed the temple pillars, killing both himself and 3,000 of his enemies. But what a waste. What a waste. Let us not waste God's blessings by binding ourselves to worldly activities. You know, if if just for once, if every one of us here this morning if we would ever really commit to being separated not only from the world, but to the Lord Jesus Christ, if we'd ever really commit to that, if we'd ever do it with all of our hearts, can I tell you that the power of God would come upon us and there ain't nothing we couldn't do? Nothing. But as we look in the mirror, you would have to agree with me that We just really haven't committed ourselves to being separated to Jesus completely. See, it's not just a matter of being separated from the world. That's important. He tells us to come up from among them and to be separate. It's not just a matter of that, though. The blessing of separation comes when we're truly separated unto God. And he begins to use you to bring glory to his name. That's the blessing of separation. But finally, there's a promise. A promise of separation in 2 Corinthians in chapter, eight, or chapter 6, verse 18. The Lord says, I will be a father to you. And you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Therefore, having these promises, Beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from the filthiness of the flesh and spirit. Perfecting holiness in the fear of God. If you will separate yourselves to Jesus, God gives you His word. If you're serious about being separated to God, He promises that He will be your Father. Now I want you to think about that for a moment. I want you to think about what a super dad is. A super father. All the wonderful things that the ultimate father would be to you. And he promises that if you will separate yourself unto him, He will be your father. He'll be your father. But if you regard iniquity in your heart, he don't even hear you. When you come clean and when you separate yourself from the filth of this world and you separate yourself unto the Lord Jesus Christ, not only will he be your father, but you will be his son or daughter. You'll be his son or his daughter. But I have to tell you this, your, your father, your father's a most jealous God. He's a most jealous God and, and he won't tolerate you playing games with your relationship with him. If you don't get serious with Father He'll let you go. He'll let you go the way of your own choosing. I'm not trying to say at all that you can lose your salvation because once you're brought into a relationship with God there's always a relationship but I want to tell you this you can break your fellowship with God. And God will let you go as far as you want to go. He doesn't want you to. He wants you in a close fellowship with Him. So as a Christian, do you want to be both of the world and in the world? Do you want to be popular at all costs? Do you want to be wealthy no matter what it takes? Would you rather hear the words, well done from the world, rather than, well done my good and faithful servant from God? You can, if you choose to. You can be popular at all costs. You can be of the world and in the world if you choose But know this, if you are, you're being deceived. You're being deceived because Christians cannot be yoked with Jesus and the world at the same time. It cannot happen. You cannot serve two masters. You will love one and hate the other. You'll be loyal to one and you'll despise the other. You can't be yoked together. With Jesus and the world. The first building block of Christian character is to be saved through faith in Christ. He'll forgive you. He'll he'll love you. He'll save you. And he'll change you. But the second building block is to separate yourself from the spirit of this world and separate yourself unto God. And you know, even when you separate yourself under God, you're going to find times where you just need to fall in Father's arms and ask for forgiveness. I got great news for you. You just come running. Come running because God will have His arms open wide. He'll be ready to receive you, to welcome you, or to welcome you back. Come And be separate to the Lord Jesus Christ. So have you been like Samson, flirting with the world? Maybe suffering the consequences? He stands ready to receive you. To welcome you back. If you're willing to come out from among them and be separate. Let us pray.